Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday and welcome to HR Work Break. Today, I'm joined by Sadie Funk and Sarah Reddington, leaders from The Best Place for Working Parents. Sarah and Sadie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Excited to be here. Same here. I'm excited to have you guys on. So Saturday, September 16th is Working Parents Day, and over 15 million U.S. workers have quit their jobs since April 2021, and 45% of them cited that the need for care for their family was a primary factor in that decision. So to just kind of open up this discussion, what things can leaders do to make the workplace more welcoming for working parents? There's a whole host of things that employers can do to support their working parents. In fact, the best place for working parents focuses on the top 10 research-based strategies proven to not only support working parents, but businesses' bottom line. So you have that win-win. In 2021, we surveyed 825 working parents or parents who were looking to get back in the workforce. And they really cited five key things. So first was flexibility, followed by remote work options, followed by childcare, PTO, and parental leave, which are all included. But I think there's a variety of ways that employers can really support. But the first and foremost that we always say is to survey your employees and really find out what they need before implementing anything. And in light with school starting and coming back into the session, are there any best practices you can recommend for like this especially hectic time in a lot of parents' lives? I think knowing that the school year's happening and coming back is really important. And we've seen employers do super cool things like a major health and hospital system here in Fort Worth allows for a later start on the first day of school. Other companies we see really try and mirror the school year with regards to breaks and flexibility and remote work options. So really just tuning in and offering that flexibility, that hybrid work style when available, especially with the first day of school. We know whether it's a kindergartner on their first day or the last day of your senior going to school. Those are moments that are really important for the whole family and can be really important for that parent as well. Definitely. Right. One statistic I found actually found that 72% of working parents were stressed based on disruptions and uncertainty about school and childcare schedules. And in those top five things parents were looking for, you referenced flexibility. Could either of y'all expand on what a flexible workplace would look like? Yes. I mean, flexibility can look a whole lot of different ways, depending on your industry, your business size, and your location. But we say it's flexibility based on where you work or when you work. And so for certain industries, you know, flexibility can look like predictability. So when you talk about retail and restaurant spaces, They can't be flexible. You got to be there. But if you can publish your schedules two weeks ahead of time, as opposed to the day before, that provides parents that predictability to be able to schedule great childcare and make sure that that's set up before their shift starts. So I think flexibility, you know, a lot of that is for the unpredictable moments of parenthood, which is inevitable. If you're a parent, you know how that is. There's going to be sick days. There's going to be, you know, work teacher in service days. To have the flexibility to be able to shift schedules and work hours to accommodate those is huge. Definitely, yeah. And I've seen um, just firsthand in my working experience the ways that flexibility like helps parents. One of my bosses, he's one of the VPs in our company. 
he comes into the office a little bit late so that he could drop his kids off at school. And in a different role, I remember seeing parents be able to leave early to get to kids sports games and stuff like that. Absolutely. Being flexible enough to understand that you hired great employees who are really want to do a great job. And within that, giving them a little space to be there for important moments in their child's lives then allows them to really bring all their game to work. Definitely. So Working Parents Day is the 16th. September is also Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. So a lot of parents struggle with stress, especially when dealing with their kids and dealing with work. How can supporting your parents kind of help prevent burnout and mental health struggles within your working parent population specifically? So when we think about, you know, the needs of working parents, it aligns really with the needs of everyone. And we think about healthcare, childcare assistance, flexibility, all of this allows for relief of the mental load that so many working parents are carrying. And so when you step in and you say, hey, we know that times are tough and financial stress may be an issue, we have access to financial classes, which is what PepsiCo does. We've seen others, even, you know, small hospitality, small cheese shops say, we understand that mental stress is really a big deal, whether it comes to depression or anxiety. And so we want to make available confidential telemedicine to really focus on your mental health. And we're going to offer that to all employees, whether it be part-time or full-time, as well as dependents. So really thinking about what are some of these extras we can put in place that allow not only to for employees to manage their own stress, but also by managing the stress and providing those supports for the dependents, it lowers stress levels overall. Right. And building that culture where I think you had mentioned earlier that helping working parents also helps people who aren't parents and people who aren't caregivers, just because trusting your employees, that flexibility, like we had talked about, is just so essential. So do you have any advice on building that culture of trust for your employees? Yes. So I think first, Sadie mentioned earlier, you know, surveying your employees. That actually shows that you really are listening and that you care about the unique needs of your employee base. So we always say survey first and then being responsive to those needs. So depending on what your employees say is the biggest priority, being adaptive there is really key. We have a great story of a local engineering firm, a small engineering firm who was going to build out a state-of-the-art conference space to entertain clients. They went to their employees and surveyed and said, does that sound good? And they all said, no, we'd love on-site childcare. So they actually turned that space into a quality on-site childcare center, which is just a great illustration of really listening and being intentional about responding to your employees' needs. Definitely. That's such a cool example, too. Like One of my very good friends is a preschool teacher, and just the stories I've heard about parents juggling things, the ability to have an on-site childcare facility just sounds like a huge stress relief. Absolutely. They call it their silver bullet for hiring. That's good because parents are notoriously like werewolves, right? Exactly, right. So they're like, you know, hey, we know you're between us and another firm, but we've got your childcare settled. And they say every time, you know, it makes that decision no longer a decision. Yeah. And in the hiring process, letting employees know those perks is so essential. How can you make sure that your working parents and any employee is aware of the benefits and the support that you offer for them? Yeah, that's a really important point is really making sure that your practices and your policies align and that everyone within the company knows about it. So one thing that we see a lot of employers do is they'll go through, they'll take the assessment and then they step back and say, who knows about this? And really do a whole education campaign that really involves a lot of communications and engaging a lot of the employee resource groups, the ERGs and everything to really ensure that employees not only know the resources are out there, but available to access that. And I think key within that is modeling, 
making sure that senior management, middle-level management are taking PTO, are using flexibility to drop their child off and are sharing those stories with the team so that the team knows that, you know, not only is this a policy we have, but it actually plays out in practice is super important if you've built those really to support your employees. Definitely. And we touched on how those benefits and that flexibility can be a game changer for recruiting practices. What other benefits are there to building a support system for your working parents? So there's, you know, there's our top 10 policies. We won't harp on those too too much, but you know, an example is you know American Airlines has a dependent care FSA benefit. And earlier we were talking about how do some of these benefits not just benefit employees with children, but the full caregiving spectrum. And so, a dependent care FSA is five thousand dollars of pre tax dollars that employees can put towards childcare. But it's not just childcare; so they can put it towards pre K, they can put it towards an in home nanny, they can put it towards a summer camp and elder care. So when you talk about really being mindful of the full continuum of caregiver responsibilities, a lot of these top 10 practices really enable you to, to run the gamut in terms of supporting employees wherever they are on that, that caregiving spectrum. Yeah. And that spectrum of caregiving, I feel like it was really illustrated during COVID because a lot of people were pushed into positions where they became full-time caregivers, either to children or to elderly parents. And just understanding that being a parent or being a caregiver isn't limited to when your kid's in diapers or when your kid's in school. Like It can extend far beyond that is important for companies to realize and navigate. Absolutely. And we know that workplaces with the most family-friendly benefits perform measurably better than their competitors when it comes to revenue growth, employee retention, productivity, innovation, resilience, agility, and customer service. You know, COVID really had some drastic impacts, a 33-year low for women in the workforce. But what we're seeing over the past couple of months is this resurgence of women back in the workforce at even higher levels than pre-COVID. And we attribute that really to the wealth of family-friendly resources and supports that were put in place during COVID. And, you know, when we look out at the landscape, we were coming out of COVID and people said, what's going to stay and what's going to go? I call that the great shakeout, right? Post-COVID, what's going to stay and what's going to go? And what we're seeing is those family-friendly policies are staying in place because employers understand how absolutely critical it is for them to be competitive in their market and for them to really be able to not only attract, but more importantly, retain their top talent that they've already invested so heavily in. Definitely. Yeah. And I love that you said the great shakeout. I love that term. That's fantastic. Are there any other sort of like buzzwords in this space that you guys are paying attention to or that are trending and affecting parents especially? So the great shakeout's one of our favorites, you know, building kind of on the back of the great resignation. I also think employee experience, because it really talks about the full perspective of supporting employees outside of the office so that they can be their best in the office and thinking about what is that experience within the office as well. To your point, company culture, those types of things really play into whether or not that employee will stay or go, right? We say people only leave bad bosses. Is that it? That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I actually have one final question for y'all, unless there's anything else we haven't covered that you want to get into. We're ready. Yeah. So since Work Break is published on Fridays, I'm super curious what y'all are looking forward to on the weekend, or if you have any big plans for National Parents Day, if you two are parents. We are both parents, and I am excited about my daughter's first volleyball game this weekend. Oh, that's exciting. What position does she play? Oh, she's nine. A, I don't know anything about volleyball, and B, uh, this is her first game. I'm pretty sure they don't have positions. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. She'll she'll learn as she goes. I'm sure she'll figure it out. 
And I have a one and a half and three and a half year old at home, or actually not at home right now, they're at childcare. I will be busy going from three-year-old birthday party to three-year-old birthday party, but luckily the weather is supposed to be super nice this weekend. We've been in the upper hundreds or not upper hundreds, but 108s, 109s. And I think we're supposed to dip to the nineties this weekend. So looking forward to just being out with families and friends and the kids and enjoying the weekend and the weather. Is the birthday party for your kid or for your kid's friends? Kids, friends, and a nephew. Oh, nice. That's so exciting. I hope uh, I haven't been to a kid's birthday party in ages, but I hope it's I hope it's a blast. Thank you. Thank you. There's always cake, so that's good. Yeah, no, can't go wrong with cake, especially with little ones around. What about you? Weekend plans? Oh, me? Do I have any weekend plans? I'm volunteering at an animal shelter on Saturday, so that'll be nice. I've gotten into the habit of trying to do it like two or three times a month, so I'll get to play with kittens and puppies, so can't complain there. Nice. Very fun. Yeah. Sarah and Sadie, thank you so much for joining me today. It's really been a pleasure speaking with the two of y'all. Thank you. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.